your goal in every meeting should be before you get to the meeting, start to think about, all right, what do you think they're going to need? What are they going to want? Why are they going to need this? And how is this going to impact them? Welcome back, everybody, to The Slow Pitch, and today we have a special guest. We have uh, Parker, and I don't know if I want to use your last name or not, but Parker, we, uh, we you had a question, and if you want to give us a quick synopsis of what your question, your issue is, but before you do that, let's talk briefly about what you do so we understand why you're asking this question, if you don't mind. So I'm an entrepreneur that runs an e-learning platform for entrepreneurs. Okay. And so the question you had reached out was? So I've got three. The, the main question is like, how do we, like how to dive deeper when a person is sharing their pain? I, I run across people that would benefit from it and they share the pains that we look for. But I think I go right to solution mode versus really yep. allowing the person to feel that pain. And I think I also just challenge with identifying people's personality profiles as well. And as a D myself, I don't, you know, I don't want to like waste. Like I, I found myself wasting a lot of time on the phone with people that eventually like wouldn't, wouldn't have been able to afford it, or you maybe didn't have the pain or didn't have the time. And so I want to balance, you know, the slow pitch with, yep. with also um, qualifying people and not wasting my time. Makes sense. Perfect. Okay. So what I heard in there is pain, having a pain conversation that really gets to the meat of the issue, right, for them. And what I heard is also listening for DISC and understanding what their DISC is and how to do that better and how to know if you're wasting your time. So there's a lot of stuff packed into there, but those are the three main things that you're looking for, right? right? All right. So today we're going to talk about the three different things as much as we can. So I think really the primary one that I think is really, really important is the pain conversation. And so uh, having a good understanding of what their pain is can make a big difference as to whether or not you get the sale, right? So for what you do, what's the price point? Just kind of curious where that is. Like, what does that look like? And, and does that something that comes up pretty early on? Uh, 10 to 30K a year. And my process involves understanding, like investigating, um, understanding the person's goals and their challenges, as well as how they make decisions before going into the investment piece. Okay. And so when you get in, when you get somebody on the phone, do they call you or do you call them? Is this cold call or is this, where, where do you want to focus on something like that? Um, it, it happens both ways. People come to our website and I comply. I think I'd like to focus on, I'm also working on more cold outreach. So I'd like to focus on that as well. Okay. So if you're in a cold outreach situation, obviously it's a little more difficult, right? Because you're catching them in their time of day that, you know, who knows what's going on. They could be in the middle of a problem and you're calling them and harassing them saying, I want to talk to you about something that they don't don't even know they have a problem with. Right. So that's part of the uh, issue with sometimes with pain, but let's say they start engaging with you because you're like, this is what I can do for you. And they say, yeah, I would like to talk to you more about that. Right. Is that that's kind of the scenario your situation is, right? Yes. All right. So let's take a minute and let's talk a little bit about that call. If you're making that call and they've gotten to the point where they're a little bit engaged because you've given them enough information to get them interested, what kind of questions do you ask so that you can understand what their issues are? What's Where do you start? Like if you called me and started asking me these questions, where would you start? Why did you start your business? 
Okay, so let's role play some stuff out. Let's say I'm a, a marketing person and I, I just want to get some marketing done and that's all I'm, my business is. And, and so you asked me that question, you know, why did you start your business? So I started it uh, several years ago because I noticed that several people were already out there doing what I do and I didn't think they did a very good job. So I thought, let's get started. I want to do, I want to do this. That's kind of why I got started. Are you ahead or equal to or behind where you thought you'd be? That's interesting. I... I'm a, I kind of, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. I feel like I might be a little ahead, but, you know, we seem to hit our sales goals often, but I mean, I don't know if that helps. What do you attribute that to, like hitting your sales goals? Well, I think it's just hard work. I mean, it's like, you know, having the right marketing materials out there, showing what you can do and, and then being able to sell it along the way. Can you share with me like what you're trying to accomplish with your business? Well, I think what I'm trying to do is is grow it. I'm trying to grow it into something that's a little bit bigger. I, I wanna I wanna make this into something where I have, you know, thirty, forty people working here instead of the ten that I have now. Thirty to forty people versus the ten you have now. So it sounds like you're optimizing for headcount or employee count. Well, I mean I think it's just a matter of headcount or employee count equates to the amount of volume I'm doing. I want to be able to support that kind of, but that's also because I want to have a certain size company. That does that make sense? I mean I want it the more the more that we do sales wise, the more money and profitable the company becomes. Um in a sense, because it's the overhead's the overhead and it, the only another overhead then becomes the the payroll and and that's already in, integrated into the price, so to speak. Does that make sense? Um kind of. Um how, can I ask how much how much you are doing in sales? Yeah, you know, right now we're at about three million and in, in a year, and and you know, I'd love to be around you know fifteen, twenty, somewhere in there. Oh, um, it's amazing! Like that's that's quite an accomplishment considering uh, how many businesses actually get to that like three million dollar number. You know, it's like yeah, one you know half percent to one and a half percent. So congratulations on that. Yeah. Um, yeah, thanks. Have you been in a mastermind group before? I, ha- you know, I have not. I don't even know what that's all about. I don't even know what it costs for uh, on that in that standpoint. Yeah, different different masterminds cost different amounts. Uh, it's been. Uh, why, why haven't you been part of a mastermind before? You know, I have never understood what they do, and then I also don't know what's the point of doing that. I have a couple people that are in business also that. You know, I, I we we chat every once in a while. We talk about different things, but I don't really know that I would get anything more out of it than what I get from my friends. You know, and I mean, people that are all, own their own their business. So it sounds like you have like friends that you talk to about business already. Yeah, that's cool. A lot of a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, find it pretty lonely, or they're in a silo and they're not able to talk to their family about it, or even you know, even their their significant other about it. Um, so it sounds like you're in a pretty fortunate spot. So, you know, I usually say that Junto is not for everyone and let's really figure out if it makes sense for you. And if, if you're getting what you need from your friends, that's, you know, that's, that's pretty special. Uh, Masterminds really exist because most entrepreneurs or leaders and executives, uh, you know, can't bring their issues to their customers or to their team or to their board and being around other people that have the same uh, drive and, and challenges that they have it's it's a it's a rare opportunity to be able to be vulnerable about what's really going on and get support around those things oh i believe that yeah just to give you a sense like most i I think 
most entrepreneurs, executives, leaders end up joining a mastermind at some point in their journey and investing somewhere between $10,000 and $250,000 a year in that mastermind because of the leverage it creates for them. Yeah. All right. If we stop the role play for a second, what have you learned about what my needs are yet? What have you, what have you, what have you learned so far? The needs that you, I mean, I haven't heard a need. I've heard that you're ahead of where you thought you would be and you're already doing pretty well. And, uh, and you have some big goals ahead of you and people that you can talk to about it. How true do you think that is? So meaning, I guess what I should say is instead of how true do you think that is, how, how truthful do you think I'm being? Yeah, I mean that's that's an interesting question. Um, I mean, you you shared with me that you your partner your your wife is your business partner. So right, um, I'm I'm taking you on on face value right now. Right. Okay. So in in sales, and you know this just as well as anybody else, because you if you've sold once, you've been burned by this at least once. <laughs> is that that people that buy or want to buy or get you get on the phone lie and they lie all the time. They tell you what you want to hear. And so while what I said may be true, how do you know? And so the question becomes, how do we ask the questions you ask? Because I think they're good questions. It really starts to help you understand, but let's dig a little deeper. So, you know, the first question is, is why did you start your business? That's a good question if you're in a meeting with somebody in person, but I think over the phone, if you're cold calling, um, could stall you or slow you down. In other words, by that I mean they may just decide, I don't, I, don't, I don't have time to answer these questions, right? Unless you've scheduled them for a future time and they're ready for that, right? So it depends on the scenario. So if you've cold called them and they start answering those questions, that's one thing. But typically early on in a sales call that I would get, I would pretty much push them away. I don't want to talk to you because I don't have time for you. But if we get a calendar meeting and we scheduled it, let's assume that's where you were, right? So you're asking these questions because we've set this this meeting up. The 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 follow up or some of the other questions are, are good. I think the you know you when you talk about you know what are your numbers, what are your you know those are those are very personal questions. And so how often do you get quality answers or hesitation to answer those questions? Do you ever get that? I mean, it's like the idea of people lying like on that kind of like hits me, like hits me hard because I don't think that a mastermind works if someone's not willing to be honest. Um, oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I mean, I think potentially a lot of people aren't even honest with themselves. So yes, um, I'm, I'm not sure someone like that might even be a good fit. I think one of the value, yep. like valuable parts of a mastermind is to like help people see the unknown unknown. And like what, like the things that are holding them back that they don't even realize and, and like really what is the bottleneck or the challenge? Because a lot of times people, what people think it is, is not actually what it is. So I don't, I mean, I, (laughs) I'm a pretty honest person and I have a, I have a very difficult time like vibing with someone that's not honest. Listen, I totally agree with you. I, I have a hard time with people that don't tell you the truth either my my point in asking that question is more about how do you verify what they're telling you is accurate or that it is that they're just lying to themselves and that you're needing to dig a little bit further into it. So when you talked earlier about, you know, how do you know if you're wasting your time? This is part of that too, right? So asking those pain questions really will vet out the people that are wasting your time. A good example, I had a conversation with somebody 
couple, it's probably about a week ago now, uh, give or take, that they called me for the services. And so let's just use the marketing world as, as the services. The potential buyer calls me and starts asking me some questions, which was fine. I start asking them questions back. And in the process of me asking some questions, they didn't have, you could just between the lines, I would ask them some, like, you know, how many employees do you have? And, you know, where are you looking? Where's your office? You know, kind of describe some of this so that we could start to figure out marketing elements of how to use that from photography, videography, other elements for the website and that kind of stuff, right? Any of those conversations, they couldn't give me the answers that made sense for somebody that was large enough to do the project that they wanted to do. So as I started getting into those questions, I started asking questions that got into the pain of what they wanted to get accomplished. So if they wanted more traffic and what it would take to do that is going to be a spend that's somewhere in the neighborhood of, let's say, 5000 a month for, for them, right? If if they said to me during that conversation, whoa, 5000 I, I there's no way in the world. Or if I just asked the question, what are your expectations in terms of uh, numbers to get to that point? Like, what do you think that's going to take? And they can't answer that question without any sort of knowledge. Then we have another conversation to get into because now they have no reference point as to what it's going to cost. And that's where the, you can start to vet those people out because they're not showing you essentially buying signals. Like what are the number one, two, number three buying signals that somebody gives you to know that they're ready. How do you know when you're talking to somebody and you know that they're ready to buy? What are the things that they say? Something's got to change. Okay. That they feel like this thing is their business, that they're in a silo, things like that. Okay. So when they say those things, what do you say back? Can you tell me more? Can you elaborate on that? Okay, good. Good. And then they say, whatever that is, they get into it. Have you ever asked the question, all right, so what would it, what would it feel like or what does that impact your business if that was not there. I could do a better job of that. Because what you're doing is then saying to, mentally for them, they're having to explain to you, you're, they're, they're selling to you why they need you. By asking them the question of how does that impact your business, they're starting to paint themselves into this picture of, boy, if that just didn't just, just disappear, and, uh, my life would be so much easier and and then it becomes now is that worth it if if i'm going to invest some money to make this happen is that worth it boy if i could free up some time for myself and now they start telling themselves so what now you have to ask the question all right so you know you fixed it in the business how does this even help you though have you ever asked that question how does, how does this help you personally are you talking about hitting their goals or or what is the it? Well, not even goals. Like if you ask them the question about how does this impact your business and what would that look like and how does that make you, you know, how does that impact your business? They start talking about freeing up time for their business and getting things done more efficiently, whatever that might be, right? And they can, they feel less siloed. Now you've, now you've got to transfer it over to them personally and ask very personal questions. How does that impact you? So let, let's just say you're, you're on the phone and I'm talking to you and you say, it's going to do this, this, or this for my business. And I ask you the question, Okay, so but how does that help you? Tell me how that helps you. And like, like what's coming up for me is like, how is that? Would that help me understand if they're being honest or not? Totally. No. Okay. Totally. Because if they say to you, "How does it?" Here's here's a good example. I had a meeting a month ago where somebody said to me, "I asked that question." As we got through the process, it would help their business 
But then they, I asked the question, well, how does this impact you? And they just worked in this bigger business, bigger organization. Well, how does this help you? Like, what happens if you had this fixed for you? And they said to me, well, I don't know. And I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean you don't know? And they go, I, I don't know that it really helps you know me personally. It's just this is what I have to do for the business. Okay, so but, but so then why would you do this? I mean, if it doesn't really impact you, why do it? And they go, well, my boss told me I have to do it. So I'm trying to keep them in this mindset of there's a reason you're doing this. Your reason you're asking. But if they have no personal gain for this, there's no motivation. And if they have no motivation, why would they want to buy? And so by asking those questions about them personally, now they start to say, boy, if I had that, I, you know, for you, it might be like I'd have, I'd have, you know, four extra hours a week that I could, I could leave at six o'clock instead of nine o'clock or eight o'clock at night, or I could whatever that, right. So they gain extra time or they're more profitable or they bring home more money or they can hire somebody that can deal with this problem versus them having to deal with this problem. Now they're explaining to themselves the value that they're getting for themselves personally. And how much easier it is for them to say it is worth $15,000 a year to invest in this, what you're giving them for this return on their investment. Make sense? Yeah, it does. And so if you don't ask those personal questions, that's where you're going to, you're going to miss the, the, the mark. In other words, if I didn't ask that person that said, I have no idea how this is going to affect me or improve my life, and I don't know. If I didn't ask that question, I would not know there's no value in there for that person. So they're just numbers crunching. That's it. Do I want to do that? Mm, I don't know if I want to be that in that job because they're just going to be nickel and diming all the time. Well, can I get this for free? Can I get, I don't want that. Right. So by asking that question, I knew walking out of that meeting, the odds of this job happening, this project going forward dropped from during the conversation was high. It was like 80%, 85%. In my mind, I'm like, this is pretty good. We got to that point. It drops significantly. It was to me, it was like 30, 40%. This is even going to go forward because now it takes their boss. And at that point I shifted the conversation to say, and, and this is again, maybe not fit for your pro, your services, but for others, when I, what I had to do is shift from having to talk to them to, you know, maybe, maybe this would make sense for me to sit down with you and also your boss to see if there's anything that they need as well. Because sometimes, you know, they give you this project, but there's other things that they had in mind too. That makes sense. Now you're going to be able to talk to that person who's really going to have the issue and who can get emotionally involved with this. Yeah. My normal question after, have you been in a mastermind group before is like, knowing we are a mastermind company and we usually get engaged to help people get to the next level if it was successful and you accomplished what you're looking for, what does that mean to you? And then like follow up is like, what does that mean to you personally? Yeah. So my other question to you would be, you've got these questions. It sounds like written down. Correct. Okay. Totally fine. You should always have something to fall back to when you're in a pressure situation where you don't know what to say next. You've got an option to go to, but you got to, you almost have to read the other person and, and figure out what their need is. So your, your goal in every meeting should be, before you get to the meeting, start to think about, all right, what do you think they're going to need? What are they going to want? Why are they going to need this? And how is this going to impact them? doesn't matter what the question is. The question becomes getting answers to those questions so that you know how it affects them personally. And if they have the budget even available to them to be able to do this. Does that make sense? Yeah. Scripting is fine, but scripting doesn't allow for somebody to get emotionally involved. Like if I've had it where conversations have gone where like, you know, I, if I don't do this, I think my business is going to go under. Yep. And that's, 
that's an emotion, but there's no script written for that situation. I can't read the next question and go on. You're missing the emotion. They'll feel disconnected from you. Does that make sense? So you're going to want to emotionally connect and listen to that issue and go, wow, tell me more about that and just dig and dig and dig. Now, there's a point if you go too far, they feel so vulnerable that they feel like, oh, I just got used and I'm just taking it, being taken advantage of. So you got to be careful about going too, too far. But I find that it's less likely that you go too far than it is to go the right amount. So if it feels uncomfortable, you're probably approaching that line. If they start, like, if they really start getting, you can see their body language, that's, that's, they're feeling defeated. They're feeling very like, oh my, like they're getting ready to cry. You've probably gone a little too far. You need to pull it back. And then at that point, um, and this probably is a good episode that we should do in the future is then it's time to start to bring in another style personality of yourself. Then it's time to make them understand and feel comforted. So you need to make them feel like you're not the only one, man. I've, I've had this, I've heard this a hundred times. Somebody's starting to feel really like, oh my God, this is, I can't believe, you know, and they're really, you can see they're really in a bad place. There is, you, you've got to like get, make them feel like you're not alone, man. This is it. We've been here before. I can't tell you how many people that I've helped with this and your voice is soothing and you're, you're speaking to them so that they understand that you're, you're, you're an expert here and you know how to help them with this without saying those words. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that's the hard, hard part. I, I think it's, it's about having the other person's best interest in mind. And then it's not, it's not like we can't go deep enough then. Like I almost feel like the person has to like have that moment, um, where they, where they are completely vulnerable. And then I love what you said about like, you're not alone in this, you know, like I've heard yeah. this before, but I don't know, for me, I, I really have seen this solve like those problems of like, oh, I'm thinking about shutting down my business. And then, you know, two or three years later, they five X'd and hired a CEO and have a completely different life. And so uh, it kills me. Some people that just want to, you know, keep it the way things are, which is like, I'm just going to keep, you know, grinding away, sacrificing my personal life and, um, and not getting the support that they need. You know what you can do and you know that you're helping them. So there's nothing wrong with helping them understand themselves and how they're fooling themselves that they can't get to where they want to go. And you're right. I think the people that are, they just want to keep the things the same. They're not your client, right? That's not who you're after. So you just have to, okay, listen, I, I don't want to, push you to a place you don't want to go. That's okay. And you have to leave it. And, but I almost, almost think my experience has been, if you say the words that, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to push you where you want to go here in this, you know, it sounds like you're pretty happy with where you're at and, you know, you don't need to do any more than this. Um, you know, I, am I, am I right? You just don't need to do any more than, than what you're doing now that guarantee you do. I'll bet 90%. There's probably 10% that won't, won't say this, but I'll bet 90% of the time they're going to say, no, 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 I, I need to, I need to fix a couple things here. This is what I need to fix. And now you're back in and now you're starting to talk about that in your, your whole goal in any of your sales conversations needs to be about what their problems are, right? And listening to what they need. And then you let, you just explore that area. And then when you get to the point, I don't know when you review your estimate or what the costs are and the pricing and is all that kind of stuff. But by the time you get there, they should feel like, 
this is a relief and they should feel like this is okay. Like this is exactly what I thought it would be. There should be no surprises in numbers at that point. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, uh, um, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. I'm not sure I know exactly how to do that yet. Yeah. So let's, let's pretend then that you're, you've gone through all these things. We've had the conversation about how it affects you personally. And during that point, you've said some very personal things, some very emotional statements that, that say, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to, to get going. Usually there's a signal or a something that says after you've kind of nurtured them a little bit and said, you know, you're not alone. It's okay. We can, you know, this is something that's normal. And you know what? Every, every business goes through this situation where there's a point where they have to think differently and move to the next level. And, and that's what we specialize in. That's what we do. And so you're not alone. And it's not unusual for people to ask for help during that phase. It's, it's fact, it's more common than you think. Just nobody talks about it. And all of a sudden, they might open up and go, okay, well, wh- what do we need to do? How do we, how do, we do that? And, and then you would say, well, that, you know, that's a good question. I guess one of the questions that I would ask is, at that point, would be to say something along the lines of, you know, I, you know we've talked about a lot of stuff. And then you would recap all their pain points, if you will. their points of things that they said. I'm tr- you're trying to do this. You're trying to do that. You're trying to do this. You know, typically when we have those conversations, they already have an idea in mind of what, what the investment is going to take to do that. Do you, you have any idea? So you're transitioning them from this emotional state to feeling comfortable and saying, okay, it's everything's okay, to now making them think more linearly. They're more logic thinking by asking them to, to come back to this normal reality, right? What's the investment for this? And, and they may not know the answer and they have, they're going to take a few seconds to transition into that phase. But once you get them to that phase, they then can start to talk about, well, you know, I don't know what this is going to cost. Or, you know, I had a conversation with somebody one time and it was, you know, they told me it was, you know, $10,000 a month and they, whatever the numbers are, right? And and you then can know their reference point if they give you numbers. If they don't give you numbers and they say, I don't know, I was hoping you'd tell me, then you can say, you know, and usually what I do is is give them some different ranges to choose from. You know what your ranges can be. You know what they should be for your time. But you could give them options. You know, one option is this many hours a month. This is the level from this number to this number. And then the other option is this number to this number with this much more time. And then we have the the really high end, which is, you know, somebody that's got a lot of things going on, but it's this number to this number. And those numbers are usually pretty high, right? Those are your very few that buy that level. And, and in that conversation, usually they'll pick the middle one. Not always, but usually. Um, and, and, and then you're now getting into that conversation. So you say, okay. And you start working through those numbers and narrowing that down a little bit. But the other important part is, is like in that pain conversation, in those other conversations before you should be learning about who else is involved in the business, who else can help make these decisions about investing. Right. So before you get to the numbers, you should, you'll know, is there other people that needs to be involved in this? Because otherwise it's, you know, too late and you're going to go through this whole thing again. So does that make sense? That part it does. It's transitioning into, and then by the time you get to through that conversation about numbers, then you finish that conversation with, you know, what do you want to do? And, and they'll tell you, and it's okay to tell me I'm not, I'm not doing anything or it's okay to tell me this is what I want to start with. Let's start with this. And they'll tell you, and then it's getting it all documented so that it's ready to go. And when you review that written document of estimate, that's when you have all those numbers, everything lines up and never add anything new. Because if you add stuff new, that's a whole new, you're all over again. You got to start it all over. It makes sense? Yes. Okay. 
What, are the, what questions come to mind while you're listening to this? No, this is, I mean, I, I, I've already taken, taken a lot. I'm still kind of processing it. I think it's, it's like, it's, it's simple in some ways around just really understanding the problem and, and diving deep into it and understanding how the decision is going to be made and having them come up with a number first. So I guess it helps. Yeah. I guess like, you know, the, the, you know, it's called the slow pitch podcast and how do you balance like slow pitching, but also like protecting time and like qualifying people. Yeah. And, and there's a, there's a fine balance. So anywhere along the line, if I get a sense that somebody is not going to be a client, they're asking the total wrong questions. Like, and then they say, you know what, just, can you give me the number? Can you give me a price? If they start doing that and I say, boy, I, you know, if they, we haven't even gotten into pain at all, or we had one question answered and they go, well, just tell me how much is it? How much is it? Like, I, I don't understand. What's the price? You don't know your numbers? Well, now they're attacking you and you feel like very defensive. And that, that's when you have to just slow it all down and go, hold, hold it here. I, I, I know you're asking me about the price, but I, I don't know how am I supposed to price that? It's, it's, it's almost like you've, you've called and asked me to make you a pizza and you want another price. Well, I don't even, do you want just cheese? You want cheese pepperoni? Do you want... Like what other toppings, how, small, medium, large, like those all are different prices. How do I, how am I supposed to tell you the numbers? And that usually gets them to, oh yeah, yeah, I probably need to answer some questions before we can get there. But then if they come back at it again, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, you know, a, a response for me that becomes a, sounds like price is really important for you. And typically when I find that somebody's asking me this question so many times, they're, they're really about just getting a number. And there must be a reason you're asking me for just a number. What, 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 what's going on? Do you have another quote that you're just trying to compare to? Because uh, I can give you a number. Uh, it's going to be a high number and it's going to be the wrong number because I don't have enough information. And that usually stops them too. But if they still continue, then I just turn it off and like, sorry, it's just not going to happen. Right? And you, this is, we're not going to be a good fit. And that's where the conversation goes. That doesn't happen very often though. You know, I, I can't imagine that happened to you very often either where it's just... They keep drilling you with price, 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 right? Unless they do, tell me. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm thinking about like a, a recent deal, like through this conversation. It, it really depends on, you know, most of our growth comes from referrals, like people that are referred in and, you know, it's, it's business, business owners that are, that are at a certain level that have a really acute pain and would basically do anything to solve it. And then, and then usually they we get that solved pretty quickly and they're like, holy crap, like yep. this is... This yep. is really, really like special. And then most, you yep. know, most of our members stay with us for many years. So that's exactly what happens. And it, you have to think of yourself, I hate, this is kind of a weird analogy, but you have to think of yourself as a dentist. You, you don't go to the dentist unless it's because you have to get maintenance done cleaning or you got a toothache and there's something wrong and it needs to be fixed now. Right. And you have to think of yourself. So when you, when you get a call and, and we did an episode a while back where it was like, do they have a bleeding neck? Same idea. They call you, do they have a bleeding neck? And basically it's like, if they don't fix this, they're going to bleed out and they're done. And so same thing with the dentist. Do they have a pain? And as the dentist, you're going to go, well, let's take an x-ray. Let's take a look. You're going to do some analysis. Then you're going to have to tell them what you're going to do. And then you're going to do it. If they say yes, if they say, you know, I don't want this cavity filling. Okay. But you have the pain. That's not going to go away. It's only going to get worse. And then they, they make the decision at some point. It's either going to get pulled or they're going to get a cavity, right? So I like that analogy. you got to think of yourself as that. I like that analogy. Yeah, it's, and it's the way it is. It's really the way it is. Every sales call should be like you're a dentist. And the communication is key. Because if somebody's going to go to the dentist and the dentist goes, well, you know, you got a cavity. Let's open up. 
that's not going to work. You're not going to feel comfortable. It's going to be very stressful. But if the dentist tells you, here's what you have, here's what we're going to do, here's how we're going to do it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to put this. I'm going to and here's the technology and blah, 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 whatever they need to tell you so that you're feeling okay. Because you're the expert, right? The difference between that as a dentist and a good salesperson is the salesperson is allowing the the, the patient, the, the, the potential buyer to tell them their problems enough so that you can then provide the solution. And that's that's the, the subtlety between the two. As, as a salesperson, you're allowing them to tell you the problems. You're getting it to be very personal. Then you're getting into some of the numbers and then you get into some of the buying decisions. And and by doing that, you're you're following the same logic as any doctor or dentist does. If you have a question about sales, call or text your question at 608-708-SLOW. That's 608-708-7569. Or you can email them to questions at theslowpitch.com. Now, back to the show. You also brought up DISC and being able to pay attention to that. That is a whole other project to get into other hard conversations. So I would recommend that there's a couple of episodes that you listen to. I will, I mean, I'm going to put them in the show notes so that they're linked to that, but it's how to deal with a D and how to deal with an I and how to deal with an S and how to deal with a C and and they're each standalone. Uh, In the future, I do have somebody that's scheduled to come on who does this specifically. So we're going to talk a little bit about it some more, Uh, but it's going to be a future episode and I'll let you know when that comes up, if that's all right. Thank you. Well, Rob, I really appreciate it. Great. I, well, I hope you learned something and I hope everybody else listening did too. And uh, uh, don't forget everybody, if you are interested and have a question of your own, feel free, email us, text us, call us. We're happy to answer your question. Uh, but in the meantime, don't forget, slow down and close more. Thank you for listening to The Slow Pitch. Slow down and close more. Thanks as always for listening today. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and leave us a review. We really appreciate it. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Slow Pitch. We were mixed today as always by Johnny Polakis and we were produced by High Gravity Studios. Music credits and other notes are in the show notes section on theslowpitch.com and we'll be back with another episode soon.